ESPN Central Texas says we welcome into the program from KCEN TV, the Tower of Power, Curtis Quinlan. Curtis, you ever heard of a uh, KCEN being referred to as the Power, a Tower of Power? I have not. That's a new one to me. Oh, I'm telling like you, uh, our, our friend, our our our, uh, our late friend Butch Henry used to. Uh, that's that was that was how he referred to it when he was part of the team, the Tower of Power. So. Just thought I'd do that for him. Three twenty. It's twenty after three. How and and how are you, by the way? I'm exhausted. It was a late night last night getting back from Mansfield, but you know what? Nothing gets my uh, nothing gets me going quite like a football Friday. Hey, I, 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 I didn't see you in the press box. They, so Mansfield <laughs> was the strictest stadium I'd been to all season. I was just because, I was just telling uh, Stephen the exact same thing, man. It was it was. Boy, it was it was it was a it was locked down pretty tight. I'll say that. It, it was like when I so normally uh, like when I get those phone calls after sending emails to make sure we can get into stadiums. Mm-hmm. You know the conversations like 15, 30 seconds. Hey, got your email. You're good to go. Um, we'll see you Thursday, or we'll see you Friday. And this one, they called me Tuesday, and the phone call lasted ten to fifteen minutes. Oh, I it know. It was it was it was nuts. It was. You know, oh, what, where do you need access to? Well, press box and sideline, please. Oh, we can't do both. You can only do one. And so it's like I'm cramped up, and there's no track. So it's not even like there's any space there at Vernon Newsom to work on the track because there is no track. So I'm cramped up behind the cheerleaders sitting against, sitting on the concrete there behind the midway bench <laughs> trying to edit highlights and send them back to get them on the air at 10 o'clock. It was the strangest experience in my Seven years of covering high school football. No, I, I, I trust me. We were there for the broadcast, and we know exactly. And I was telling Stephen a couple of stories, and we know exactly what you're talking about. Speaking of that game last night, what were your overall impressions of Midway? I think if Midway gets a couple of things fixed, Midway will be fine. This isn't. We knew going into this season it wasn't going to be the Midway we were used to. That this Midway team probably was not going to make it three, four rounds deep in the playoffs like we are used to midway doing. But, you know, the offense took a major step forward last night outside of one drive where it shot itself in the foot and capitalizing on a big play and had to settle for a field goal. Um, the midway offense took a pretty big step forward, and this was not the same midway team that we saw against Austin Westlake. But the defense needs to be a little bit more consistent if it's going to compete because, I mean, it's not going to get easier in that district. Sure. Waco high next week, but then Duncanville the week after that, probably going to wind up playing either Cedar, the loser of Cedar Hill and DeSoto the week after that on the road, mind you. And then if you're able to get a full district slate, that means the games that you have left are the winner of Cedar Hill, DeSoto and Wasahatchee at the end of the season. Like, it's not going to get easier. The defense is going to have to find a way to be more consistent um, to keep it in games because I'm not sure as good as that offense is. And Garrett Childers, when he got settled in, he looked fantastic. And the offense did look brilliant at times after Childers got settled in there after that opening drive that it resulted in an interception. But the the defense is going to have to play more consistent because I'm not sure that that offense is going to be able to score the points it needs to for the defense to not play more consistently. Yeah, they they were able to run the football between the tackles, which we have not seen uh, in those first couple of games. And then you're right, defensively, they just could not find a way when they had to to get off the field. 
No, and after the game, uh, he probably told you guys the same thing, but Jeff Hume told us, and we're airing next soundbite tonight on Friday Night Lights, that we knew where Mansfield was going to run it. But we just weren't able to stop it. So it's just trying to fix the little things because, uh, like we said, like, you know, Waco High next week, so a two-time reigning state runner-up the week after that. Curtis, uh, some of the games you'll be at tonight, I know you'll be taking in Belton and Cove, and Belton had sort of a, a rocky, you know, non-district schedule, but they come out and get the win against Colleen last Thursday. Uh, what do you expect as those two teams uh, strap it up tonight? I expect Belton to pick up right where it left off. You know, I got to see the whole Belton-Colleen game last week, and um, it was not the – I mean – you look at Belton's non-district, and I don't know that I put any stock into 0 and 3 coming out of that non-district because those are three teams that are going to make deep runs in the playoffs in Georgetown um, and Midland Lee. And oh, week two is escaping me now that I'm trying to talk about it. Round Rock. Um, and those are three really good playoff teams that are going to probably make deep runs. Midland Lee's probably going to wind up playing for a Region One title in six day division or whichever division it goes to. Um, and so I don't put it, but it's going to, it's going to have to make sure it doesn't take a step back because even though Copper's Cove is not as good as it was that those last few years of the Jack Welch era or the first year of the Jack Alvarez era, this is a team that is athletic and skilled enough with enough returning pieces that if you lay down like Harker Heights did at Bryan last week, they will beat you. Curtis, we, we know that uh, Temple's, at least in my opinion, Temple's a good football team. The question for me is, how good? I think that's the question for everybody, right? I mean, how Longview is, that win is aging really well. The Magnolia West win is still aging kind of well. Arlington Martin, I mean, that's not, that's not a loss you hang your head, you hang your hat with. And, then you go and you open up district with a win. Sure, it's Copper's Cove, but a win is a win. You don't apologize for for winning. I, I think I think by the time we figure out just how good Temple is or can be, it might be too late. It might be next Thursday night because I do believe Temple goes to Shoemaker on Thursday. Um, it could be next Thursday night we figure out how good Temple is. It could be in the playoffs. Um, I think that's a question a lot of people have. I think Temple does have the potential to not only win its first district title back in the 6A ranks, I think it's got the potential to make a run in Region 2 if it can get past whichever Division 2 schools it winds up playing from uh, from District 11. And if you're Temple right now, you're eyeing that you want to make sure that you're the number one seed in Division 2 because who's going to wind up going Division 2? Probably Cedar Hill, Midway. Because I think Duncanville and DeSoto both have to go Division One out of that district, so you know you're not going to get those two. But it, it's I, you have to look um, down the line, and I don't know who else is going to test. Uh, who's Temple's biggest test is going to be the rest of district play? It's probably Shoemaker and Harker Heights, and I think those might be the first two chances we get to see just how good Temple is or isn't. Curtis, let's talk about the mystery that is 11-3-A. And it, <laughs> it continues to surprise every week. But the game I wanted to – one of the games I wanted to ask you about is is Joe and Lorena. Lorena comes off the bye week and uh, beats a McGregor team that seems like it might have figured things out. And Joe has a tough loss to Troy after they sort of got things back on track. Um, 
I know there's really no way to tell what's going to happen in this district, but what do you think is going to happen in, uh, in, in that Lorena and in, in Yo game? The only thing I know that's going to happen in District 11 tonight is we're going to end the night and go, huh, with <laughs> one of these games. <laughs> uh, you know, we've done that with McGregor twice with the way McGregor, not just that McGregor beat Rockdale, but how McGregor beat Rockdale. Then how McGregor beat Troy. Um, I think in that Lorena Cameron Yo game, I think what you're going to see is whoever gets, looking at it on paper, I think it's one of those, whoever gets the ball last wins in my book. You've got two spread offenses. You've got two defenses that show, show glimpses of being great at times and show glimpses of struggling at times. Um, man, I, I do. This game has the potential to be anywhere between like a 7 6 ball game and a missed PAT is what wins it to really, really pointy where it's getting into the fifties or the, or the, the high forties or the mid to low fifties. Like the only thing that I know to expect is I think this game gets, is going to be really, really close. You know, I was, I, I, I keep, I keep thinking about the Academy and Rockdale game. And, and I think I'm, I think I know who's supposed to take care of that, but with this league this year, don't know. I mean, seriously. Right. <laughs> and as you point out, there's always one or sometimes even some weeks, even two games in this league that you just start scratching your head and go, didn't see that one. Right. And some of those games where you go, oh, wow, I'm starting to question that I ever knew high school football in, the, in that district. And I think that Academy Rockdale could be another one. You know, after um, Cameron Valdez commits yesterday to go r- play run- go play as a running back at Texas Tech, an awesome pickup for the Red Raiders, I might add. Um, you know, does he use that as motivation? Does he ride the high? Hey, I committed. I'm going to be a running back in the Big 12. Or does that commitment wind up distracting the Rockdale offense? And that's the- I think that's my biggest question mark in this game is, ha- is, it- is it a high in a- as a momentum? Or is it a high that's a distraction for the Rockdale offense tonight? Because if the Rockdale offense can get going, I do think this is the best offense that the Academy defense will have seen all season. All right, Curtis. Hey, we appreciate uh, your time. Have a have a fun night. And yeah, I, I guess I'm going to say stay dry. I think I think you will. But uh, sorry, Curtis. I think, I think the rain's gone. I'm worried about staying warm tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that, it's just a north wind at 30. Curtis, one more thing. I wanted to ask you what your thoughts are about uh, Oklahoma State, Iowa State tomorrow. I love this game. Oh, I love this game. Um, I think that Oklahoma, I, I think it all depends on who's at quarterback because for the Cowboys, because Brock Purdy has been getting more consistent as of late, but is still arguably the most inconsistent quarterback in the Big 12 Conference this season, especially if you look at how he played against TCU and Oklahoma. Um, but you know, Spencer Sanders was supposed to return for Oklahoma state against Baylor when that game was originally scheduled for last week. If Spencer Sanders comes back, which Spencer Sanders shows up the one that was in Lubbock last year and put the ball on the carpet five times or the one who was brilliant, um, in probably most of his other games last season. I mean, um, this, if, if it's Shane Illingworth, how does he handle, a team like Iowa State, because this is hands down the best team Oklahoma State has played to this point in the season. I think it's really, really intriguing. Um, I know what what's the line? Three and a half on it. And I think on my podcast, I pick Oklahoma State at minus three and a half. But I think my exact words were, I don't feel good about it. 
I think this is a field goal game, and I think this is probably the best Oklahoma State-Iowa State matchup since 2011. Hey, I asked the question around here, is this game for the conference championship? You know, I can see it. I think Kansas State would like a word because Kansas State still has to go through the meat of its schedule outside of Oklahoma. It still has Iowa State. It still has Baylor. It still has um, Oklahoma State. Um, I think if you look at the Big 12 title race, um, I mean, Texas mathematically and Oklahoma mathematically not out of it completely because of how the conference is going to probably shake out this year. I can see this being um, down the line two of three teams competing for a conference title because the way it's going right now, I would I would be shocked if the Big 12 title game was anything other than two out of three between Oklahoma State, Iowa State, and Kansas State because, to me, those are the three most consistent and the three best teams in the Big 12 to date. Curtis, appreciate it. Have a, have a great Friday night. Uh, enjoy high school football, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Always a thrill, guys. Thank you so much. See you later.